Straw Hut Media. Sonder. Noun. The realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. You may have seen it before on a friend's Instagram or back in the old days of Tumblr. The word was coined by a guy named John Koenig. He's the founder and author of the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, an online and in-print dictionary of made-up words to describe our most complex and abstract emotions. You know when you have an experience that you can only describe as indescribable? This guy's trying to help, but we're not talking to John Koenig today. Instead, we're talking to two people who heard that word, Sonder, and created an entire series around it. Tessa Glanville is making her acting debut in this Instagram web series, and Will Sterling, in addition to acting in the series himself, is one of the creators and writers. It's created to be watched entirely on Instagram, shot vertically, and it premieres next month. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. Last October, Hurricane Michael hit Florida. It was a Category 5 storm with sustained winds of up to 150 miles an hour. It did a lot of damage, around $25 billion in the U.S. alone by some estimates. The damage was enough to move Tessa out of Florida and all the way over to Southern California. My name's Tessa Glanville, and I'm from Florida. Earlier this year, Tessa moved to San Diego with her boyfriend. They met back in Florida, where he had been deployed by the military to help with the hurricane relief efforts and dated for about six months. When it was time for him to go back to California, Tessa went with him. Um, And I lost, like, a lot in Florida. Um, I had, like, a business and everything, and there was just nothing there for me anymore. So I came back over here with him to, like, start over. Before the hurricane, Tessa had been working as a massage therapist and an esthetician for five years. Even though her business was physically okay after the storm, people just weren't spending money at the spa. So moving to California made sense. It was also appealing to move somewhere a little more liberal and open-minded. Because she lived and worked in a very conservative part of Florida, fear of losing work was a big factor in her decision to come out. People in communities like these can be very vocal about their animosity toward people that don't fit neatly inside of their narrow gender definitions. Yeah, like I would have clients who would, you know, book sessions with me um, and come into, you know, the business and they would see that I was trans and like they would just like walk out or refuse to like have me even touch them. Um, I had people do the whole, you know, um, get saved, like the Bible, you know what I'm talking about? I had those, um, I had people, when I worked at a spa, one lady tried to get me fired, said it was, um, sexually inappropriate to have someone like me working in a spa where I'm touching people. Like, this, the mindset they have, I don't understand. And when I try to understand it, like, I just... I can't. Like, I just get, like, upset. It just pisses me off. I'm like, just fuck then. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> fuck off. I did one time, um, this lady and her husband came into this spa that I was working at, and um, I had the husband and um, 
another girl was going to massage the wife. And um, as soon as the wife saw me, like, take her husband back, like, he was, like, cool and everything. Um, She was like, oh, absolutely not. Like, that's not a real woman. Like, all this bullshit. And um, they basically, like, gave them to, like, the other therapists. So, like, I didn't, like, get any money. And so I went to like, the, I was like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, you guys need to have my back, you know? And they were like, you know, you're you're right, you're right. So I was like, okay, well, let me go handle it. And so I got to like go into the room and like tell them like, hey, we're not going to massage you guys today. You guys need to leave. And so that was like fucking awesome because like I got to kick someone out for being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for letting me do that. And that was in Florida? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean... That's pretty progressive for the business owner to be thinking like, gonna oh, lose yeah. this money. It is what it is. Those clients are gone, but we're going to handle this. Yeah. And they ended up still paying me, even though like I didn't do anything. But um, I mean, it, it's like those businesses, um, that one in particular, they, it's not like they had like other trans people working there. Um, so they didn't know how to handle situations like that because it's like new to them. And so, yeah, I basically talked with them afterwards and I was like, yeah, like that's that's not okay. And um, I was like, next time someone ever does that, you know, like kick him out. You're not gonna like lose your business because you kicked out a, a, a bigot. You know what I mean? And um, they totally agreed with me. And hopefully, if it happens again, someone else there, they'll do the same. You know? Now, do you feel like in San Diego you don't have to worry about it as much? Yeah, I feel like it's not even a thing. Like I just feel normal. Um, like I kind of forget that I'm transgender sometimes. Um, and, like, I don't get, like, weird looks here. Um, when I, like, I, I have a job here now at a spa. And there wasn't, like, any, there wasn't any even like, questions about being transgender. It was like, hey, you know, Tessa, you're our new female, you know, therapist, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, there was nothing about even having to talk about being transgender. So it's, like, crazy different over here, you know, different mindsets. It is very different here. Uh, even like professionally, you start working somewhere or you fill out a job application and it'll say like pronoun preference. Oh my God, it did. Like, that doesn't happen everywhere. On the phone, when the place I work at now called me, um, the first thing I said was, um, which pronouns do you prefer? And I was like, I've never been asked that in my life. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And like my, my new boss here, like she's a lesbian and she was like, you ain't got nothing to worry about here. Like you're fine. Even though it was a little scary, coming out at work turned out okay. And her friends and family were supportive too. Um, like, almost almost two years ago, maybe it's a little over two years ago, I came out um, and uh, I told my mom first and she was like totally supportive of me because um, I lived like as a gay guy since I was like 11 years old. So I always had like support with that also. But um. Yeah, my family was really supportive. Some of them like cried more so because they like were scared for me. Um, but they were all supportive and everything. And um, so were my friends and everything. They were, they all had my back. Well, that's good. I mean, that's kind of a rare story. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I kind of figured my friends and my family would be okay with it just because like the gay thing they were like totally fine with they had never like met a trans person um so they obviously had like lots of questions um and i was like more than happy to like talk about it so what was the hardest part for you in coming out as trans from the moment you decided you were going to come out to where you are now 
Um, I think more so just like the fear of like failing in a way. Um, I was, I always knew like I wanted to be a woman, but I was scared that first, I don't know. It was kind of like, I was scared I wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, I thought it was going to cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars for some reason. Um, and I never even like researched it because I thought it was just like this unimaginable thing. Um, and even though my family was like um, accepting of me being gay and I I figured they would be okay with me being trans, there was still a part of me that doubted that. And I was like, what if they like disown me or they don't support me? And I was just afraid I was going to like fail at like life if I came out as a transgender person. It was like a heavy thing over me like all the time. And it really like kept me from finally doing it. So when did you realize like, no, that's not what's going to happen? Um, I I was sitting in my car one day and I asked myself this question. I called it like, I call it like the magic potion question. Um, basically, it's like if there's a magic potion that could turn you into a woman, would you drink it? And like my answer is like always 100% yes. And so that's what made me know, like, all this, like, doubt and stuff that I have is just my fears. And I was like, I that's just, like, fear that's controlling me. Like, this is what I want. Like, I'm just going to do it. Like, fuck it. And so I, like, called my doctor. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I want to transition. What do I do? And luckily, to my surprise, there was – she was, like, in network with, like, a gender therapist, which I had no idea, like, that was even – where that even existed where I was and um she set me up with an appointment and I went and talked to her and she just like helped me you know come to terms with what I was wanting to do and she gave me a lot of resources on you know um the the process of hormones um where to go if I want to get like surgeries and stuff and like how that process is and she was like you know the first thing you need to do is like change your name legally on your driver's license and your social security card and everything um she's like because you don't she's like the cops here are not friendly to LGBT she was like so if you start looking feminine and you know dressing like a woman and you get pulled over or something and you have like you know, your male driver's license, they're going to like mess with you. And she's like, it's just dangerous. She's like, you need to get your name changed immediately. And so I did. So that was like the first step. Yeah. She was like, you need to, you need to um, figure out what your name's going to be. And she was, she was trying to like make it like some like spiritual like thing. She was like, you might want to like invite your family over and do like a little like party, like a birthday party type thing. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So, and I told Will this story. I was like, I just went on the internet and I went to like a random name generator and I just like clicked it and it came up Tessa Bella and I was like, yep, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Is and that I, a true my, story? Yeah. I my did, favorite thing. I, like did, I did ask my mom. I was like, hey, if I was a girl, like, what would you have named me? And she was like, I would have named you Rachel. And I was like, no, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, then I just went online and, like, did it. And that was the first thing that came up. And I was like, okay, I'm doing Tessa Bella. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, it's a good thing you were on, like, just a, like, a, 
general name generator and not like Jedi na- name generator oh, or something. Yeah. You'd end up with a really fun name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when I make like, I play video games a lot. And like when I make my characters on video games, I use name generators, like fantasy ones. Okay. So I knew like, <laughs> I knew of name generators. And I was like, I'll just do a name generator for me. <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. It could have ended up really like, what's your name? Meadowflower. Yes. Yeah, um, I had to change my last name too. Like my last name was really bad. It was Hecock, like H E Cock. Doesn't work. For yeah, this it was scenario. really gross. And I told my mom, I was like, I need to change my. La-. This is like all in the same conversation. I was like, I need to change my last name too. And I was like, I hope that doesn't like offend you because her last name is Hecock. And um, she was like, Why do you want to change your last name? And I was like, I can't be a trans woman with the last name Heacock. Like, that's just, like, asking for it. <laughs> like, no. Like, I got messed with in school because I was, like, a gay kid with that last name. I was like, I don't want to, like, make it, like, worse. So um, we were, like, binge-watching The Housewives when we were doing all this, and she was like, you should change you should change it to a fun last name like Vanderpump. I was like, I am not going to fucking change my name to Vanderpump. <laughs> And so then we were like going through all these names and um, <laughs> Brandy Glanville was on there. And I was like, Tessa Bella Glanville, that sounds like delicate and flows nice. I was like, I'm, that's what I'm doing. It it's- sounds like a Southern Bale. Yes. That's what my mom said. Like a debutante ball. Like yeah. The names you like. Tessa Bella. Yeah. Glanville. Yeah. Tessa Bella Glanville. Oh, it does work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you have to say it like it, that. And it works because I'm seven. There you go. Surprise, Tessa. We're going to have an episode with Brandy Glanville here on Pride in just a few weeks. And when we get back, we'll talk about the project that Tessa got involved with through her friend and a friend of the show, Will Sterling. In addition to being one of the creators, writers, and actors in Sonder, Will is also a podcast producer himself. He even hosts his own show called The Motivation Report. My name is Will Sterling. I uh, helped helped create this show, actually, many moons ago when it was called LGBTQ Plus U. He's a gifted actor and writer, and he's pretty convincing as Superman at cosplay events. Will met Tessa on Instagram a couple of years ago, and they struck up a friendship. She was moving to California. I was like, oh, that's perfect. And we needed, for Sondra, the whole point of Sondra, too, is to cast authentically to who the characters are written. So if we have a gay character, it has to be gay actors. If we have trans characters, it has to be trans characters. Uh, trans actor or actress and and the thing is like when you're doing it on a like really low budget your net your pool is you know if we were like a big sag project sure you know so we've really we spent a long time in casting making sure that we got everything right and tessa it took like probably five weeks from when you first sent in a tape to when we were like okay you have the part oh yeah i totally was like oh that bombed didn't hear from it like <laughs> will was like we were like talking but not about the yeah. saunders stuff yeah, yeah. and i was like he's not bringing it up so obviously that's that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> but but it, we wanted to make sure we got everything right too you know because we are the goal is to create this show that's about di- diversity and inclusivity um in a lot of different ways and so the fact that she was in California, I was like, oh, this is great because she's close. San Diego's not too far. And I mean, she'd never acted before, but I think there's also a joy in people who find acting who are 
quote unquote non-actor types because they don't think about saying the lines like an actor thinks about saying words, which is the not acting, you know, you just, the words on the page, just say them, you know what I mean? Like just say it like a person. Tessa plays Josie, a newly out transgender woman. She's featured in two episodes, first in episode three, and then again in the finale, episode 10. Her story starts when, uh, She's basically made the decision to like come out to like her friends. So she goes to a little um, little dinner at her friend's house where there's going to be a bunch of people. And she shows up as Josie. Her original name was Joe. And um, everyone's pretty shocked. And so like I think the joy too with Tessa is that like she just did it. You know what I mean? When she reads the sides and does the scene, she's just herself. And we kind of tailored the script to her specifically because we wanted to get her story right and make it authentic to her and part of her coming out. And there's some stuff that we wrote for for humor and just the awkwardness of the situation, but then some real bits that came from her life that we sort of sprinkle in there so that way it feels, you know, like her story. Will and his co-creator, Alex Wall, wanted to tell a story about people. And maybe for the first time in straight, cisgender, middle-class, white guy history— they didn't want it to be just about them. And finding the difference between appreciation and appropriation was important. In addition to raising up queer creators, creators of color, of different socioeconomic backgrounds, and any other aspects that shape who we are, there's also an opportunity to find ways to intersect our own stories with the stories of others, to find ways in which we're the same and celebrate the ways in which we're different. It's portraits of life, you know, and making it realistic and stuff that people really go through without beating anybody over the head or without being tone deaf to what a project about inclusivity should be. It's like watching the Academy fall all over themselves with something like the Green Book. There's always like a white character who has to be the channel in order to display that white people and black people can get along. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's so antiquated and old and not right, but we're still doing it. And so... We don't, we absolutely don't want to do that. We just want people who are who they are, actors playing who they are uniquely and authentically, and just giving people a slice of life, really. Major studios often experience backlash when they decide to hire someone famous rather than authentic. Shows like Transparent did really well for Amazon, but they cast Jeffrey Tambor as the lead. Tambor, in addition to not being trans himself, also was accused of sexual harassment by two trans women on the set of the show. What's special about Sonder is that during the casting process, they chose the people they thought would play the roles authentically, not the ones with the most impressive resumes or connections or even Instagram followings, which is why they give Tessa a shot, even despite her having never acted before. Yeah, definitely. I, I always agree with the, uh, like, you know, if, if you're going to be a, a trans character, like hire a trans actor. Um, I mean, I never thought I would be involved in it or anything, but I've always had that that stance on that because they're the ones who can really understand what it's like. And it's hard for trans people like to get jobs, even outside of acting, like it's hard to get jobs anywhere as a trans person because you're always, you know, discriminated against, you know. So when they asked me to do it, like I never thought of acting, but I thought that was like so fun and a really good opportunity. And so um when he asked me, I was like, hell yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> it's because like, how can you say no to like something so awesome like that, you know? In Sonder, we first meet Josie as Joe, which is how all of her friends have known her up until she comes out to them later in the episode. 
shooting that pre-transition scene is going to be a strange thing for Tessa. I mean, I haven't shot like the the boy scene yet, but I mean, I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I mean, I'm going to do it, but <laughs> I'm probably going to like not want to really look at myself too long. Um it's been really fun though like filming. Um it took a lot longer than I thought it was going to yeah, take. That's my favorite thing. She's like, "We'll be here for like 2 hours, right?" Oh yeah. <laughs> they were like I was I think it, like the schedule was like 7 to 12, 7 p.m. to 12 p.m. when we were doing it, and I was like I was talking to one of the other actresses and I was like, "We'll probably be doing like 10:30. There's no way it's going to like take until midnight." And she was like, "Oh girl, no." <laughs> and yeah, it was like 2:30 when yeah. we were done and I was like, "Holy shit." Just yeah. sitting on a curb for seven hours. Yeah. yeah. But it went by like really fast. Like it's really fun. I don't feel like I'm like working or something. Mm-hmm. It just feels like I'm like playing around. Right. Yeah. I like play make believe. So are you going to keep acting? What's the plan? Um. Yeah. I, I know. I guess I would try. I really liked doing this. So if there's like a thing, I don't know how it works. I have to like go on auditions and stuff. Mm-hmm. He can tell yeah. you how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll get the lowdown from Will. <laughs> he can help guide me. You'll be getting your headshots. You'll be oh yeah, headshots. You need those. Yeah, they asked me. They're like, "Hey, do you have some headshots to send for like the Instagram page?" I was like, "No, I just have a bunch of selfies. I just like a bunch of selfies." But one was one one was almost headshot quality. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. Yeah, I was like, "I'm just gonna this one. This one's good." I said they're probably gonna use this one, and they did. Yeah. (laughs) Sonder features a lot of other stories with more diverse characters. One episode is entirely in Korean. There's one with a woman living in a homeless encampment on the LA River, another with a gay 10-year-old, another with two Latinx friends in East LA, and even a Trump supporter, which Will plays himself. The idea behind Sonder is to appeal to everyone and communicate that empathy is actually easier than hate and vitriol if you just let it in. I do believe that everybody possesses the capacity for change, but... I do believe that we lose the possibility of keeping an olive branch out there if we are say like, fuck you, you racist piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. kiss my ass. They're going to be like, that's right. And then they're going to be more angry about somebody who's who's a person of color or somebody who's in the LGBTQ plus community. Like, so it's kind of, it's it's a little, you know, difficult, I guess, in a way to try to get it right. But we're trying our best and that's really yeah. all we can do. Yeah. It takes willpower to like, yeah, say that again. It takes willpower. Yeah, willpower. Hell yeah. <laughs> is this like your slogan now? No, no. I yeah, hate it. it. Is. <laughs> willpower. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but, okay, so I didn't mean to catch you up, but it does, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's all I was going to say. Oh, okay, okay. It take, yeah, it takes willpower not to like hate them back, mm-hmm. you know, because that doesn't like educate anything, right. you know, right. so definitely. Yeah. The team behind Sonder hopes that the way to create empathy, compassion, and understanding is to take us out of our own stories, to experience that feeling that everyone is the star in the movie of their own life. Everyone is a lead, a supporting actor, and an extra all at the same time. If I only wrote movies about a group of white people constantly i don't really get to explore and become somebody else so to speak you know when i do research for certain projects or for something like sonder it gives me the opportunity to experience life in a way through these other characters who are different than me and there's always a learning curve sonder takes the stance that it's better to aim for empathy and risk making a mistake than to shy away from it entirely in fear of saying the wrong thing 
Mistakes are how we grow. That's the thing too that I always say, like at least from my perspective, because I do love stories that are different than my own and I do want to write them. I don't want to just write me, but I also want to get it right. And in my effort to get it right, I'm probably going to ask some stupid questions. I'm going to get pronouns wrong every once in a while. I'm going to make mistakes. Like for, for me, I had a, my family, I mean, my mom was like really, oops, sorry. Like, you know, she would do that all the time. Um, but more, mostly it was like with work and all my clients, like all my clients were mainly older women, like in their like forties. And um, they had never met like a trans person before or like, you know, even talked to one or anything like that. So they would constantly be like, every time they come in, even if like I had seen them like once a week, they would always have more questions like, Hey, can I ask you something about this? And um, like, obviously like it gets annoying, but I would always be like, yeah, you can ask me whatever. Cause I want them to like feel comfortable and I want to educate them. Um, like one of, they would ask me things like, are you going to be able to have babies? Like, are they going to do like a uterus transplant? Like all kinds of stupid shit. That's a dumb question. (laughs) Oh yeah. But they don't know. Right. I guess that's true. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, that's not how it works. And, um, they, you know, they would, they would always do their best to, you know, say Tessa, she and her, but of course, like they would mess up and it took a while. Like even for my friends, they would always say he and stuff. But the more people started seeing me as Tessa and, and female and stuff, the easier it got as time went on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you, like educating people that mm-hmm. are like ignorant, but they're not trying to be mean. They just don't know. Um, I always have patience for that. And like, I have no problem talking about it or answering any questions, no matter who it is, you know, as long as it's coming from a genuine place. Mm-hmm. Sonder is still in production, but it will premiere on October 16th on Instagram. They plan to release the first three episodes at once. So you'll see Tessa right away. Um, you can follow Sonder on Instagram at sonder.la. Stay updated. We got lots of stories. Yeah. Go to the Sonder Instagram page to see photos of the cast and a lot of behind the scenes footage. That's at Sonder.LA. You can also catch Tessa at Tessa Glanville and Will at Will Sterling underscore. Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. Yes, it's at Pride. It's that easy. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. So Hurricane Michael is a person, not a hurricane. Um, it's a hur- it's a hurricane. Oh, <laughs> like a legit disaster.